So we'll pick it up. We're going to do uh, verse uh, 4 through 6. We'll look at that first. And it says, Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that we might he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. What do you think about the... What do you think about those verses about sinning and, and all that stuff? Anybody got any thoughts on that? Do you guys, let me put it this way, uh, are you guys free from sin? Did you did you stop sinning? No way. No way. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of uh, confusing here, sort of. If you look at it, everyone who sins breaks the law. Okay. Now, now the law was put into place to teach us, to show us how bad we were. You know, some people get it kind of skewed about the law and think that God put the law there for us to follow it. And then if we follow it, we'll be good enough. If, if we follow, if we, you know, you know, I, you know, if you just go through the Ten Commandments, you know, uh, you know, I never killed anybody, and you know, uh, I don't, you know, have affairs and all that stuff. You can run down that and say, you know, I don't do that, all that. So, you know, I'm I'm a pretty good guy. You know, I think my good will outweigh the bad. I'm in. Okay, but the law was not put in place for that to keep us good. The law was to, to show us how bad we were, and that there's no way out except through Christ. That's what the law did. Um, I like to look. I just want to read uh, Galatians three twenty three through twenty five, and it says, uh, "Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed." So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. So Christ set us free from the bondage of the law. Um, And then uh, Romans 5.20 says, The law was added so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in the New King James Version, it also says the law was our tutor. Tutor you know, teaches us. He's te- the law is teaching us, you know, hey, you're in trouble. You know, you're in trouble. You can't keep the law. Uh, and there's only one way out. You know, it's, and it's not through being good. And I, I think I said it last week that I heard a pastor say, a, a pastor say, there are no good people in heaven, only forgiven people. You know, because you're not good enough to get there. Nobody's good enough. So that's where the mercy of God came into play and gave us grace. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome, God. So that's the kind of love that he has for us, that he lavished on us, that we were we were totally lost, uh, and he made a way for us. And, he, and you know, when he says he sent Christ to die for us, he didn't have any sin. He was perfect. 
you know, but he was the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice for us. We couldn't do it. Any thoughts on that? Is that uh, it's like, does that like? It's my God. Yeah. Yeah. Do you comprehend that? No. Uh-uh. Like, what was that Galatians chapter and verse? Uh, Galatians three, verse twenty-three through twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember. Uh, you might remember this. This is going back years ago uh, when I was at my other church. And it was like one of the first times that I ever taught a Bible study. And, uh, you know, we're sitting there and, and it was uh, somehow or another. I don't even forget. I forget what we were talking about. It had to do with, you know, the law and grace and all that. And this guy, the guy I didn't know him really well, he says, well, he says, uh, I keep all Ten Commandments. And uh, he kind of like, kind of took me off guard. And I went, really? He goes, yep, I keep all Ten Commandments. I went, I'm glad for you, you know. Uh, But he just, and it's funny because years down the road, it was pretty obvious that he wasn't keeping the Ten Commandments. It was, it was real obvious. So I thought, now, you know, he just threw me off guard with, with that statement. But uh, uh, you know, you are you're you're pretty good if you can keep the law. Michael, maybe he just meant he keeps them like in his words. <laughs> you know what? I misunderstood what he said. <laughs> see, see, man. It's all about meaning. Hmm. Um, whoops. Uh, verse uh, six. It says, No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. So then, I just ask you if you, you know, do you, are you, do you still sin? Pretty much everybody shook their head yes. So now he's saying, uh, everyone who sins breaks, or um, uh, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. What do you think about that? I think um, I know my, my personal journey. Um, my level of sin years ago compared to my level of sin today. Like today, I remember I said the word "damn" once. To me, that, and then I was upset with myself. Years ago, that wouldn't have been the word "damn." It might have been a hole in the wall, or you know, mm-hmm. cut muffles and some other. Things. But, I, but I think because I have the Holy Spirit inside me now, like, and, and uh, the Lord, and my goal, I know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. My, my level of sin, uh, if that makes sense to anyone, if you had a pie chart of scale where I was, and now I'm like way down here. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So I think possibly that's where it's going. All right, Scott? Um, for me, I think that I always used to 
than to see the things of, of sin and, and this world as undesirable and distasteful and to see what he has for us and who he is as our, our goal and our heart. Um, and I think it is that in the bigger picture of John, it is that play about love. Because mm-hmm. then the rest of First John is a lot about loving others. Yes, yes. In response to his love for us. Mm-hmm. Where we'll get twisted when we don't see his love and we don't love others, but we do we love the world and we love ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first thing I thought of when you started talking about that was Second Corinthians 10 5. Second hand that it says, take me up from that. Yeah. It's just the way it actually changes the way you think. evidence of who you are, that you are truly a believer. Because if you claim to be a, to be a believer, you know, and just keep on sinning and nothing changes, then where's the proof? You know, there's, there's, there has to be a change in you, you know. Um, in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, and the old has gone, and the new has come. So, so you know, we are, you know, we're, we're, we are created, and, you know, we're living in, you know, this stuff, this flesh, this sinful flesh, uh, and, and our spirit is dead, you know, when we're born. And 
then when we uh, you know accept Christ, He gives us a, we are a new creation. He gives us a new spirit. He doesn't give us a new body yet. Okay, so we're still we're, we're stuck, you know. But but the spirit, the spirit is new. Okay, and 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 so that's that's what is our uh, barometer when we fall into sin. Like Lois said, the 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 the, the more you're uh, growing in your faith, the quicker you realize. Uh, when you sin, like you go, oh, you know, it like it like stings, you know. Uh, in the beginning, it may not be that way. You might still be, you know. I know I was. I was, you know, one foot in the world, and one foot here, you know, until you know, until the Lord got a hold of me and convicted me on some things, and then it's like, eh, you know. Uh, but but you know, but that's good though. That's good if 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 uh, if you're being convicted. Uh, of the things that you used to do and not even think about them, you know, but you do them now and go, ouch, you know, uh, and then and then as you grow in in the Lord, you put them aside, you know. Now you don't even, now it's not even a temptation anymore, okay. But but as you grow, there are still everybody here. I think we talked about it before. Everybody here has their weakness. And and uh, and the enemy knows how to get to that weakness, okay? And, and he's and he's going to do it. You know, you have the power to overcome it, but it's still a temptation for you, okay? But you know, the further along you go, you know, it should be that the less that you're faced with, uh, you know, those kind of trials and and fall into that kind of sin, because we are a new creation. So. Um, one of the uh, it says uh, when it talks about the devil's sinning from the beginning, um, I don't know. How, when me and Lois were talking about this, I'm not sure how many people like you always. I knew that. <laughs> I'm just testing you people. Good one. You're awake. Okay. <laughs> um, any other things on uh, the verses we just read? No. Okay. Let's do uh, verse 7 through 8. It says, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He, to, he who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He, do, he, he who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning, because he has been born of God. This is how we know who children of God are, who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. So that's talking about, you know, that's the, that's the evidence that, 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 you know, God put his seed in us. We are, you know, we are his children. Um, but he's talking about uh, the devil's been sitting from the beginning. And uh, we, me and those were talking about how 
you know, everybody, well, I shouldn't say this. I'm going to speak for me and Lois. That we, you know, when you think about sin, the first sin and all that, you kind of go to Adam. Adam and Eve committed the first sin. You know, that may be true as far as humans, but it really wasn't the first sin. You know, uh, sin entered the wor- entered this world from them, but it was already existing from Satan because he was the first one to sin. You know, he thought that uh, you know he was going to be like God, so he got let his pride get in the way, and then he took you know a third of the angels with him, and that was the sin, the very first sin. So kind of kind of interesting that, that we kind of like forget that and then what does he do you know he brings it right into humans and then we fall uh, I want to read um, it's a little bit long but I I, I just liked it uh, it's from uh, one of my commentaries uh, Vernon McGee and he's, he's, he's talking about he's talking about the nature the old nature the sin nature and, and, and the new creation and he says uh, the new nature of yours will not sin. It never sins. Christ, this absolutely sinless one, who in grace became sin for us, that we might be reconciled to God, dwells by the Spirit in the believer. And our new nature is really His very very life imparted to us. If you are God's child, that new nature will not go along with the old nature and commit sin. So we've got something going on there. The believer who abides in Christ does not practice sin. He doesn't practice sin. He doesn't live in it. The sinner lives in it all the time. But the child of God has a new nature, and he cannot live a sinful life. This is pictured for us in the story of the prodigal son. Only pigs live in the pig pens. Sons do not. Somebody will say, but the son got into the pig pen. He surely did, my friend, but he got out of the pig pen too. Let's remember that. The child of God will get into it, but he will get out. Why? Because he is a son of the father, and he takes after his father. His father is righteous, and the son wants to live that kind of life. God provides the power to deliver from the habit of sinning. And that is all John is saying here. Now, if you go off to the pig pen, that's the old nature. And if you stay in that pig pen, you never were God's child. If you can be happy in sin, my friend, then you are not God's child. Because God's children have the nature of their father. You never lose salvation. You never lose it. You know what I mean? If you lose it, you never have it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, a pig is a pig is a pig. And the pig will go to the pig pen. You know? What was that from? What was it from? Yeah, what were you just reading? Oh, um, my commentary from uh, J. Vernon McGee. Yeah. But I, I, I just... It, it, it kind of struck me f- funny just because he's talking about pigs and, and all that. But, I mean, really, you know, sin is dirty, you know. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff in there that's true. I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a sinner lives in his sin. And a sinner is happy in his sin. You know, we will sin but we shouldn't be happy in it and we're not going to live in it you know we got to get out of the pig pen and 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 the cool part of that is that god 
provides the power for us to do that. You know, because on our own, we can't do it. But he, he, he gives us his strength. He gives us his word. He gives us, you know, a new a new life. Uh, his spirit, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit living in us and convicting us and teaching us and chastising us. So I, I just I, I thought that was pretty cool. So did you see the did you see the battle going on there, though, between the flesh and the spirit? You know, that's a constant, constant battle that we have to fight. And, uh, you know, I think, I don't know whether we talked about it last week or a week before about, uh, you know, putting on the full armor of God. That's what he talks about in Ephesians 6. You know, that's what we're supposed to do. If we don't do that, then we're leaving ourselves open. You know, you wouldn't go into battle without your, you know, your gun or your, you know, uh, you know, whatever, flak jacket or anything like that. You wouldn't go into battle like that. At least I hope you wouldn't, uh, you know, or go to a gunfight with a knife. You know, it's not, not going to work out too good for you. No. So the challenge is to walk in the spirit. Any other thoughts on that or anything? No? Okay. Let's move on to... Uh, Verse 11 through 15 says, This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil, and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life. Some pretty strong words in there. You know? Uh, I, I wrote that down, I think I said it the first week, but he talks about loving one another, and I, and I had copied down, I don't have it with me. But I said how many times uh, John says it, not only in First John, but in the Gospel of John, and Paul says it. Uh, I forget how many it was. It was like 14 or something like that, where he says, love one another, love one another, love one another. You know, that's, you know, Mark mentioned it tonight, that, you know, how important is that? God's, if God's telling us to do it, and he keeps repeating it. I think it's pretty important. Love one another. Um, so that is a true sign of a believer that he'll love one another. Now, um, what what does that mean to you to love one another, to love your brothers and sisters in Christ? What what comes to mind when you think about that? I think one important thing with loving one another is is always serving and helping. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just like when it comes to loving your enemies, it's not like I love my children or my family or even my friends. Like I don't really have to like them, mm. but to love them is to accept them, to help them, to do things for them, to to try to be good to them, mm-hmm. so that they can learn from that and hopefully see Christ through me in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
We just talked. We just talked about this last night, right, Ken? Yes, we did. About, yeah, the love. Yeah, is love like? Oh, I love you. You know, like that feeling of what people sometimes think is love. You know, what what good does that do? to have like that feeling like you said Ryan we don't have to like them necessarily but love is an action you know it's a choice it's a what choice yes exactly it's a choice Uh so if we see a brother and sister in need you know what do we do you know what are we supposed to do if we if you know, we're called to love them. Then, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to help them, okay? Um, whatever that looks like, you know, different circumstances. But uh, that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, we're we have to sacrifice, uh, and we have to serve, and you know, we have to put aside our, you know, maybe have to put aside our priorities to to do that sometimes. But that's what it looks like. Um, you know, the greatest example we have is Christ. You know, he loved us. Action, not, you know, feeling, action. He loved us enough to, to go to the cross for us. So if he can do that, I think we can do other stuff for people. I think there are many ways to, to uh, you know, love God and biblical love is always... Uh, exactly opposite of what the world would say love is. It's sure. Love in the world tends to be uh, self-centered and focused on yourself mm-hmm. for the most part. And the love of God, and you look at the love that Christ had for us, was not about Him. And not about what was good for Him. It was about what was good for us. Sure. And it's the same way that we should be. It's not about what we can get from something, but it's what we can give. Basically, how can we help that person? That's that's the love. Mm-hmm. I think love in this world is... is um, Misused a lot of times. I mean, just the, the just the view of it is, is so skewed. Sure. Um, and even we have a tendency sometimes to, to view. Um, you know, I think a lot of times that the, the enabling is looked at as love, which is really the opposite. Of love. And, and that world, this world, the way the world looks at it, is you don't want to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's not love. That's that's. You know, that's a really short-sighted view of um, what love is. Mm-hmm. It's not really love at all. I mean, it's, it's really damaging in a lot of cases sure. uh, to the people involved uh, instead of good for mm-hmm. Yeah, how about children? Parents and children. Right? If, if you... You know, some parents might think that love means let's keep them happy, let's give them what they want, you know. And, you know, it's nice to do that for your kids, but, you know, if you truly love them, then you're going to discipline them. Uh, You're not going to let them have everything they want because you know better, you know, in certain areas. You know, they may want it, but you see the danger in it, okay? Uh, and, and, and isn't that God with us? You know, we, you know, we think we know better. You know, we want this. 
but God sees the whole picture from start to beginning. So he tells us no, and then, you know, we get mad. But he, he's doing it. He's not doing it out of, you know, you know, man and man, you can't have this. He's doing it out of no. I'm looking out for you. You're my child. You know, so love, loving your children hurts sometimes. You know, it's not it's not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, uh, but it has to be done. That's what true love is. Yeah, it's a frequent review issue in our house. Hmm. Yeah. Do you get the thing? Oh, you don't love me. Hmm. Yeah. But even worse is when somebody is like unlovable. You know, that's why I said about choice that you know you have to overlook all of the things that would make that that person unappealing. But mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's really I mean, that's hard. That's what they don't think. Sure. I, and I think it's tough for all of us. When you look at Christ, and he left us from there on home. Exactly. It doesn't mean it's easy for us to do that. Mm-hmm. It's tough work. Yeah. Some of that thought say, yeah, we learn from that example. Yep. Hoping that even the people around we do that with, that they learn from our example, trying to be an example. Mm-hmm. You know, that Christ was. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yep. And I think Romans 8 talks about how he loves us and nothing can separate us from his love. Right before that is, God, who did not spare his son, but sent for us all. How will he hold back any good thing from us? And Paul's point is simply that you want to understand love, you look at God's example. And God's example is he would not hold back anything that would benefit, be good for us, mm-hmm. eternally, deeply good for us. So when I look at someone, and maybe they irritate me, or they're not my best friend or whatever, but I'm called to love them, it doesn't mean that I have to make them feel good. Sure. But sometimes it means I have to be willing to feel bad in what I give, like care about parenting, mm-hmm. um, in what I set aside. Uh, and that that's a deeper challenge than trying to find some way to bend my mind around thinking I really enjoy being around this person. Because it's not that. Mm-hmm. It's about I will go to any lengths to make sure you have whatever I can do good for you. Mm-hmm. Whether you enjoy it or don't enjoy it, whether <laughs> I enjoy it or don't enjoy it. Yeah. And that's what we see is that example from our father. And I think we talk about his seed is in us. Mm. That there's a part of our soul that resonates with that as children of God because we have the as children of God, we have his you know, mark on us. We are made in his image, being conformed to the image of his son. Sure. So it starts to try to burst out of us in these things. And then we make our rationalizations, you know, how far can I go? What can I really do? But that's our call, mm-hmm. is to love and to be challenged in love um, by the way that the Father loves us. Mm-hmm. Sure. Absolutely. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
he's not really punishing to punish him. He's, he's trying to get him back to where he needs yeah. to be. Yeah. But, but to do that, it's pretty bad. I mean, sure. they go through some really hard stuff. Here. Mm-hmm. They need to go through hard stuff to realize how far off track they are. Yeah. And that's just like we're talking about. That's when you have to do that. Well, I haven't done it. It's not fun. But, but when you have to do that with someone else, that's it's not fun. But it, right. it's it's that bigger picture of what love really is. Mm-hmm. It's not that short term fix it now. It's looking down the road as to what's best. You know what is best mm-hmm. for that person. Yep. You know, or what is best in that situation in a long term sense. And a lot of times. That's not a real nice thing to do. You go back to Ephesians 4. It says, speak the truth in love. Yeah. And I always think of that verse and say, well, why does it say that? The truth's not easy. Truth right, exactly. A lot of times. You know, sure. Those, those situations where the truth is, especially when you have someone who doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have someone who's just short-sighted and focused or just doesn't know. Yeah. And, and the, the hard it's it's hard to do that in love mm-hmm. and, and to not be harsh in those situations. But the, the reality is, the truth is hard sometimes. It's just mm-hmm. hard sometimes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love. I always think of loving a brother or sister that love is intertwined with grace. And mercy, we have to mm-hmm. extend a lot of grace sometimes and be merciful on others, just as mm-hmm. yeah. Christ was for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The oh. yeah. My favorite thing to do. Yes, we know. Yeah. I was th- I was kind of thinking as everybody's talking about that and how love uh, love is not easy sometimes. Um, I think that uh, and uh, where um, and McGee's commentary said that, that that God provides. Okay, God provides the power. And, uh, and, I, and I see that evidence in my life because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert, okay? I, you know, I, I'm just an introvert, okay? I'd rather be home, you know, in my living room, no people around and all that. Uh, and, it, and it's like, like somebody like Ken. Ken's completely opposite of me. You know, he can talk to everybody. He, you know, he's, you know, outgoing, hugs everybody. You know, like, you know, like, he's like, like the total opposite of me. But yes, that's right. Um, but you know, I, I've watched over the years how the Lord has, you know, molded me and changed me and all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, when I became an elder. And then, uh, you know, and and that's my struggle. It is my struggle. And I understand that. But, you know, I pray to the Lord, you know, change me. Change me. You know, because I can't do it. You know, change me. Um, And then uh, we, we were studying something. I don't know. We do a devotional, but it had to do with, I don't know, one Mark said, or one night Mark said, you know, our main calling is to be shepherds to God's people. And it kind of like, it like I didn't say anything that night, but it kind of like, kind of shook me, you know. And I went, oh, uh oh, you know, that's uh, that's pretty heavy. I mean, Mark, he's a pastor. Yeah, that, I mean, you don't, you don't think that's heavy? <laughs> he he has to answer to God for 
what he preaches and teaches and says and all that. So, you know, good luck to you, you know. But, but as an elder, you know, it's kind of like this. You can use the same word. You know, technically, I'm not a pastor, but I'm an elder, and I had that responsibility. God gave me that responsibility for whatever reason, um, and and that just hit me like a ton of bricks. And 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 I and I take it seriously, but I but I told the Lord, you know, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. You know, it's, it's not my nature, not my nature. It's your nature, and, and, and um, you know, and I've seen what He has done for me. You know, uh, you know. Number one, I'm up here tonight. You know. But, you know, if you think it's easy, come on up. You know, uh, reminds me of the guy named Moses. Exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah, uh, but I've seen him change my heart with people too, um, and and to and a lot of times I've seen people that like uh, they kind of grate on my nerves, but then after I get past that, then sometimes there's a reason that they're that way. You know, and sometimes it's a front. Uh, my my wife is laughing at me, but and so if you can get around that and like peel back the layers and figure out, okay, that's why you're acting like that. You know, then 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 you get to know the real person. That kind of okay. All right, Lord, I got it. I got it. You know. <laughs> she gives everybody the benefit of the doubt to to a fault, right? Yes. So and you get burnt doing that. You have to have some wisdom. You know, you know what? Though, Mike, maybe more of us should be like shepherds. Because if, if you can picture a shepherd, close your eyes. Usually they're out in the wilderness by themselves, just with sheep. <laughs> so, no, I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm, I know, yeah. Picture that. And they're alone. Yeah. An introvert, maybe, per se. They have no one to talk to. Mm-hmm. But the sheep get to know them. Sure. And the sheep know that that shepherd will protect them. Mm-hmm. And they will follow that shepherd. Right. So, like yourself being. You're up there, you're uncomfortable, but you're doing the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. If you speak the word of God, right. you know the truth, people will follow and listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So the important part of that story is that God gives you the power, okay? And God, God will, you know, if if you're willing and you surrender, He He will He will, you know, use you uh, for His purpose.